So Christmas is over. I don't want any cheering going on uh, because too much was happening. Uh, uh, some of you have marked on your calendars that uh, the Boxing Day is the 26th, and that's your favorite day because Christmas is over. I'm still a little unclear on what Boxing Day is all about, but um, uh, at the Bosler House uh, at, at these days at Christmas time, uh, we like to watch movies. I confess that to you. And we like to watch Christmas movies. How many of you like to watch Christmas movies? Very good, very good. Um, and what's great about Christmas movies is, for the most part, they always turn out great in the end. Uh, they, uh, especially the cheesier Hallmark ones, uh, they're fairly predictable. Um, they're pretty exciting. I hope you uh, got to spend some good time with family, relaxing, and maybe even watching one of those movies. I, I need to tell you, though, I, I like Christmas movies a lot, but there's one that's just horrible. Uh, the worst movie, uh, Christmas movie ever made. And this is going to separate some of us here this morning. Uh, it's Elf. I, I can't stand the movie Elf. It's the worst movie ever. Uh, I have a whole theology on it, too, if you want to listen to it later. Um, but uh, I got to see uh, I got to see a Christmas classic uh, just yesterday or the day before uh, the Charlie Brown Christmas. How many of you watched the Charlie Brown Christmas? Um, and one of the favorite lines of the Charlie Brown Christmas to me is an exchange that Lucy and Charlie Brown are having, and it, it kind of uh, it, it's super funny. So she's at her psychiatrist booth with the five cent thing, and Charlie Brown's up there and. He had just uh, talked, had another exchange that he said, you know, I know that nobody likes me. I know that nobody likes me, but why do they have to have a holiday to point it out? You know, and uh, um, and he goes and he speaks with Lucy and uh, Lucy shares with them this. This is what she says. She says, I, I know how you feel about all this Christmas business, getting depressed and all that. It happens to me every year. I never get what I really want. I always get a lot of stupid toys or a bicycle or clothes or something like that. And Charlie Brown looks at her and says, what do you really want? And he says, she says, real estate, real estate. And I think, yeah, that's what I really want. I want real estate. And I always get like a shirt or something like that, you know. Uh, what I want to talk to you about this uh, this message today, it's really about when you don't get what you want. You don't get what you want. Uh, when you don't get your way. When things don't turn out like you like them to. Um, we're, we want to reflect at, at the end of the year. Uh, is always a good time to reflect. And uh, everyone's pointing. To, How was your year? What, what went on? And so you think about that. But you also look forward to the next year. And... What I want to do this morning is just talk about uh, both last year and this next coming year, 2015. How was your year this last year? As you reflect, and maybe you've already begun reflecting, how'd it go this year? Was it one of those years where uh, you are just thrilled with what happened? Uh, you look back and you go, man, there have been some great things that have happened this year that have changed my life and make me feel today like it was it was great. It was I feel rich. In fact, I hope that 2015 is just as good 
as 2014 because I'm so blessed and so rich. Others of you might uh, consider 2014 and you go, I am over it. I'm done with it. I'm glad there's just a few more days because I'm hoping at the, you know, when the ball drops, we'll get it three hours early in New York. uh, uh, And we get, we finally turns the clock and we change and we start writing 2015 on checks and stuff. I hope that that year's done and it's only the complete opposite of 2014 that happens in 2015. Maybe you feel like that. For most of you, it's probably a mixed bag, right? It's mixed bag. You, you look at it, the events, and maybe there's pictures and times, and you consider the year, and you say, oh, there were some great things, but there were also some very difficult things. And so, you know, kind of ups and I could take these events, but these, if we could not repeat them, I'd be real happy. Um, this is what we we have experienced this last year. And as you look out into the future, as you consider the year ahead, um, I want to give you some things to think about for both, really the year past and the year ahead. I have four points for you this morning. Let's pray and just ask God's blessing on our time. God, I do ask that your word would encourage us. I ask that you would... um, Give us the fuel to uh, make it through this next week, that we would walk faithfully with you. God, I ask that you would help this day to set a course uh, of just walking with you, trusting you in all that comes ahead. Uh, God, thank you for your faithfulness to us. It's evident in uh, everywhere we look uh, as we see your goodness and your kindness to us. God, do your work in your church now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to confess to you, and I, I say this uh, with a smile, I had a great year. I had a great year. Um, as I look back on 2014, and so many good things happened, and uh, just just thankful uh, for the way the Lord's blessed me. Um, and I realized that not all the time that happens, and but 2014 was a good year. As we look at, at, at these points this morning, I want to encourage you to follow along in God's Word in Psalm chapter 115, and we'll start at verse 3. Uh, I have four points for you this morning, and hopefully these will help you get perspective both on last year and on this coming year. I realize that some events um, we feel scarred from. We feel scarred from. We, we look back to this one day and this one place and this one thing that happened, and when it comes up again, we just we we uh, we relive it each time. And you say, "Well, how do I put those things in perspective? How do I find a place for them in my heart and my life?" Um, hopefully, these four things will help you this morning, both with the future and with the past. Psalm one fifteen, uh, reading from verse uh, verse three, a very simple verse, but an important one. Our God is in the heavens. He does all that He pleases. Our God is in the heavens. heavens. He does all that He pleases. And the first point I have for you this morning is this. His will is His will, not yours. His will is His will, 
and it's not yours. As I think about this uh, and consider this, that what happens is for the pleasure of God, that he is doing things uh, for that, that which pleases him. And most of us, the reason that we struggle with this is because we think that life is, should be just that which is pleasing to us. That we should decide whether something is good or not, whether I'm happy about it. And I want you to know that God is doing these things. He is uh, allowing the events and planning the events. I, I, I say allowing because I struggle uh, with the idea of God's plan, but allowing is probably not strong enough of a word. Um. We'll get to that in our second point. But his will is that which pleases him. And I, I, I want to tell you, some of you say, well, um, I had a bad year this year. I had a bad year. Some things happened that that have marked me and scarred me. And I don't know what to do with them. And how can this be a part of God's pleasure? Um even as I've shared with you, I had a great year this year. I had a great year this year. Um, but uh, I remember when I found this verse many years ago. Uh, it was a couple weeks after, probably the week after, uh, my, my first son died. And I was searching the scripture, trying to figure this out. I was trying to go, God, I don't understand this. What, what, how can this, you know, I don't, I don't know what to think about this. And as I was uh, looking up scriptures, this is one of the scriptures that I found that day. God is in the heavens. He does all that he pleases. It's part of his pleasure. And you say, well, how can that be? I don't know. I don't know how this can be. I don't know how even the painful, extremely painful things of life can somehow be part of his will. But it is. But it is. He is not a God who's out of control and out of... uh, It's that he goes, I really want to do some things, but I can't. I I really have some ideas, but I I just don't understand how to bring them to fruition. That's not true of our God. He is above us. And all the events of our life somehow are working. He's working them out for his pleasure. Not, he doesn't, see, see, this is what we struggle with, is we struggle, how many of you like to go to restaurants? How many of you like to go to restaurants? And some of you are like super high maintenance, you know, you're like, uh, you order and then you, they bring the food to you and you say, this isn't what I ordered exactly, you know, I, I didn't, or it's too well done, it's not well done enough, could you take it back and do it again? Some of you even do that with a cup of coffee, you know. I wanted uh, more pumpkin spice in this, okay? Uh, it's a cup of coffee. It's not going to last very long, okay? Um, we, uh, we love to get things how we ordered it. But this, not, this is not how God works. He, he is not, he, he's not saying, fill out your order sheet and then turn it in and I'll get it exactly the way you want it to be. His will is His will, and it's not ours. He's above us in the heavens. He does all that He pleases. 
My second point is similar to my first, um, and it, it goes like this. It was and will be God's plan, not yours. You turn over to Isaiah chapter uh, 45, verses 6 and 7. Uh, speaks of how God is working out his plan, what he is doing. And, and I, as I think about his plan, I think about the order of events, the strategy for the next year, what's going to happen. Uh, it's interesting. I, I was talking to some people in between services and they had plans, they had ideas. And I have plans and ideas. I, I have things, events that I think are going to happen in 2015. Graduations and uh, different uh, events. You might have a trip planned. You might uh, have even moving or doing different things and accomplishing different things. You have things that you have on your calendar, even if it's just in your mind, that are going to happen in 2015. Um, what What I want you to know is that last year... You had some plans that some of which didn't come to fruition. You had some ideas at the beginning. Last year at this time, you looked out at a year and you say, hey, this is what's going to happen, this is what's going to happen, this is what's going to happen. And some of those things didn't happen. And there were other events that you had no idea about uh, that somehow ended up on your calendar. They somehow ended up on the things that you were doing uh, this last year. In Isaiah chapter 45, verses 6 and 7, says this, That people may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none besides me. I am the Lord, and there is no other. I form light and create darkness. I make well-being and create calamity. I am the Lord who does all these things. What you get there is a picture of God's desire for the working out of His plan. What those steps and events are, are Him showing Himself to be God over all. Of Him saying, I'm in charge of the plan here. I'm in charge of the steps of the events that happen. And even as I struggled to speak of this earlier, saying the word aloud, look at how he says it in the middle of verse 7, I make well-being and create calamity. Um, I want to tell you, I want to say it this way. Some of you say, well, my plan didn't come about. My plan got all messed up. God did that. God messed up your plan. And you say, well, why? Why does God mess up my plan sometimes? Because he... Because he wants to remind you that he is God and you're not. And sometimes it's just simply that you're going on a sinful path and he says, I don't want you to go there. Stop. And so he creates a hard path in front of you. And in other ways, it's not necessarily a right path or a wrong path. It's just not his path. And so he pulls you away from those things. And so as we consider the next year and even the past year, I want to tell you, that last year, you say, well, why was that pain in my life? It was somehow part of God's plan. You know how I know that? Because it happened. Because it happened. He wasn't sleeping when that went on. He wasn't sleeping when uh, you, you uh, got involved in this situation. 
And when you were struggling in that pain, he wasn't going, oh, I missed it somehow. He knew. That's part of his plan to somehow work in your life. And it's interesting to me that that God, we, we kind of think of life like this. We look at a, a, a box of apples and we say, oh, you know, I, I need to bake something or do something. I need to find the perfect apple. And, and you start going through them and you go, oh, this one has a spot. This one has a worm, you know, and you're going through and you finally find the one and you say, this is one I can use. And God says, I'll take the whole box. I can take everything. I, I can make something beautiful out of it all. And, and we struggle and we say, well, only the good events were good last year. No, even the bad events were good. Because God was at work in his plan. And you say, well, how can these difficult things in my life be good? If we learn something, if we draw closer to the Lord, if we trust him more because of them. God's plan. Um, it was in the past year and will be in this year. God's plan will be his, not yours. Not yours. Number three. Number three. If you want to turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. To think through this next year and even this past year is that He will remain faithful and you are in process. Okay? He will remain faithful. You are in process. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, it says this, No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful. And He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, He will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So we consider this idea um, of temptation and the struggles of the next year. I want to tell you one thing, that God is faithful. So He was faithful 2014. What's great about trials? I love this about trials is that once you go through them, you see God's hand of mercy and kindness in them. Uh, I, I know that even, uh, as I shared with you earlier about my son, I look back on those days, and it kind of feels uh, distant in some ways, where I go, I don't know how I got through those, but I know how I got through those days. You know how I did? I had a faithful God. He was faithful to me. He was kind. He was power. When I had none, he was strength and mercy and kindness when I felt empty. And you, you look back on that, the faithfulness, and that shows who God is. And God never changes. He never changes. So the same God who was faithful to me in a different situation can be trusted today. And some of us worry. Some of us worry. I don't, I don't want to point anybody out, but... Um, if you're married, um, might be your wife that worries a little bit. Sometimes women tend to worry a little bit. Um, sorry for pointing you out, ladies. Um, it's just that they have a better, um, better mind that can think into the future of all the contingencies that might possibly happen in the future. Um, and, and as you look at those things, as you consider those things out in the future... We might worry about them. But to know that God is faithful 
is to apply that. To, to, you know, something might come up in your mind and you say, well, I'm worried about this in the future. God will be faithful right there. Why do I know that? Because God doesn't change. He's always perfectly faithful. He is, all, he is not changing. The other side of that, you are in process. You're in process. You, you, you aren't finished yet. You're kind of like the stock market or a roller coaster or something like that. You're up and down. You're up and down. But know this, that right next to our faithful God in the midst of the temptations of the next year that you may or may not think that you can handle. It says God is faithful and He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. And with that temptation, He will provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. You get these two words, this idea of escape. Uh, he's going to get you out of there. Take the exit. Uh, you say, well, I can't handle this temptation. Yes, you can, trusting in your faithful God. He provides a way of escape. He also provides the endurance, the endurance to be able to bear up under it. Uh, nothing, nothing this next year. Um, there's a struggle. I, I kind of talked about about the ladies just a moment ago um, with worry. You know why men don't worry as much? Um, because they're foolishly proud. They're foolishly proud. And they say, I can handle anything. I can handle anything. I, you know, I don't worry about the future because I can handle anything. Uh, that's not true. That is not true. Um, men and women both are... Um, desperately in need of their faithful God to be uh, involved in every instance of their lives. Number four. Number four for you this morning um, as we consider this last year and uh, this new year, 2015. Trust in Him with the last year. Trust in Him with this year. Trust in Him. Um. You say, well, when I look back on those events of this last year, I just feel scarred and I just feel like they're bad. And say, say this, know this, that God somehow has a purpose for that. And you say, well, I don't see it. Well, then trust him. When, when we use the word trust, it's equivalent of faith. It's, it's the idea of putting... Uh, Putting, investing that in, in another, saying, I believe that which maybe I can't see. You, you know what the alternative is, don't you? It's fear. It's fear. Or trusting in self. It, it, it's not, the, the options are not good here, okay? It's trust in God or pick a, a bad substitute that will fail you every time. Trust in Him with your past year as well as your future year. Turn over to Psalm chapter 34. In these uh, few verses here, verses 8 through 10, they share some sweet, sweet examples of what it means and what it looks like and really the benefits of trusting in Him with this next year. Psalm chapter 34, verses 8 through 10. God's word says this. 
Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, you his, his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. What you picture here is this, is a life that trusts in God. The first verse I read to you, it says, taste and see, taste and see. This is what I want to see happen for me in 2015. That I would taste and see. What would I see? That the Lord is good. I don't want to read it in books. I I don't want to hear about it on the radio from some preacher that I'll never meet. I don't want to see it in somebody else's life at my church. I want to taste and see for myself. And understand the Lord's goodness up close. He says, blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. That's the picture of trust. The idea of refuge is when we feel overwhelmed, when we find ourselves in need, that we run to him. We run to him for safety, that he's the one that we trust in. We don't trust in our own might and our own ingenuity. We don't trust in whatever else is going on out there in the world. We trust in Him. We take refuge in Him. Why? It says, it talks about the benefits. Blessed is the man. You know what that is? It's the idea of being a life that is to be envied. It's that same idea that if somebody looks at your life, they say, I wish I had their life. Why? Because they take refuge in the Lord. The relationship that they have with the Lord, it, it, it's experiencing the goodness of God every day, and people can see it. That's the kind of life that we want, the life that is blessed. Where does that come from? Taking refuge in Him. As he goes on, he, he shares of having this right relationship. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. As we have this right relationship with him, where we're listening to him and, and, and wanting his approval and desiring for him to be the one, the focal point of the decisions that we make, the steps that we take. Guess what? We'll have no lack. Of no lack. And then in verse 10, he gives the example of young lions. Young lions, strong, able to handle anything. It's always interesting. Lions are, are the most boring thing to go to to look at at the zoo. You know why? Because they sleep like 26 hours a day or something like that. They, they wake up. and You know why they sleep so long? Because they don't have to. There's nothing else to do. They're lions. And and you know why they they you know where a lion sleeps wherever they want to you know and when they get up they don't go to the grocery store because they just see what what will I eat today what what's what's around here and then they they wipe it they're, they're the picture of self sufficiency but he says even young lions big strong lions college lions okay uh, he says. You know, they they will struggle. They they will even even they will have want and hunger. But those who seek the Lord 
lack no good thing. The picture here is a life that trusts in the Lord this year. A life that takes the big, uh, overwhelming things and say, I'm going to just trust the Lord on this. I'm going to cry out to Him, and then I'm going to do what I think He wants me to do. You know, that, that that's all it is to walk with the Lord, right? There's all kinds of things that come up in your life that you, you're worried about. Some of them are big, some of them are small. And all you're supposed to do is say, God, what do you want me to do? And then... As you pray, you say, God, I think this is what you want me to do. I'm going to do it. I'm going to take this step. And you say, well, where's this leading? I don't know where it's leading. It's his plan, not not mine, right? So I'm just going to take steps with him. And in the end, I will show and I will, I, I will see his faithfulness and all these other sweet things talk, spoken of in the in this psalm that we looked at. I don't know what the Lord has for you in 2015. I don't know what the Lord has for me in 2015. Uh, I know this. I know this one thing. That we need to grab hold. We need to get the perspective of the Word of God. That God's perspective matters to us. And that we need to set aside our own will, our own plans, and follow His. And know this. That He can be trusted. That he can be trusted because he's faithful.